Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hi, this is Psych 342, Psych of the Exceptional Child, and we're in Class 6. Um, this is Session 1. So today... Um, we are going to look at autism spectrum disorders. We're also going to look at some of the more low incidence disabilities like traumatic brain injury and deaf blindness and some of the multiple disorders. Um, autism spectrum disorders are one of the topics. Um, it's actually one of the more popular topics. Um, traumatic brain injury was added into the law for IDEA in 1990. Um, deaf blindness is in here because, I mean, we've looked at um, hearing problems already and we're going to look at vision problems. But when you have both, um, it's a unique um, issue to be dealing with and um, we have to be teaching them in a certain way. Usually, so that's something that gets its own category. Uh, multiple disorders is usually any two um, disorders that you might have. You might have intellectual dis, uh, disabilities with um, some physical disability as well. So just any two other than deaf blindness. All right, our goals for this week. Um, it's really hard sometimes when we're dealing with some of these um, issues with multiple disabilities. Um, so we really want to remember that God's plan for us is good. Um, he has a plan. We don't always understand what that plan is. And frequently when we see these multiple disorders, we have people questioning, you know, what was God thinking? Um, well, obviously we don't know what God was thinking, uh, but God does. And his plan is good regardless of whether we understand it or not, because he tells us in the Bible um, that he, he wants good for us. And so I think that's really important for us to remember. Um, Jeremiah 29 11 tells us that um, all of these children are God's special creations and Jesus gave his life for these kids just like he did for everyone else um, so we want to make sure that we see each child as God's child um, and not as something that is unimportant and it's harder sometimes when you're dealing with a child who has really severe issues um, we'll then look at what are the characteristics of these um, different disorders like autism spectrum, which we're now calling ASD, um, the TBI, the deaf blindness, and those multiple disabilities, which are just so hard to deal with. Um, we'll look at causes and hopefully look at the characteristics there of those individuals. All right, our verses for this week uh, from Scripture are uh, Exodus 4, 11 through 12. Luke 14, 12 through 14, and Matthew 25, 40, um, which you're going to find to be a, a really fascinating verse. Um, you probably know it. It's talking about what we do for the least of these. We do for God himself. Something really important for us to remember when we work with this population. So we're going to start with autism spectrum disorders. Um, you'll find that, a little history here, um, Eugene Bleuler um, coined the term autism back in 1911, but he was actually talking about what we would today call schizophrenia in adults, um, but that was the term that he came up with. It, it actually means to escape from reality. Um, the first real paper 
um, that really talked about this particular category that we call autism spectrum um, was published by Leo Kanner. Um, he called it early infantile autism. And it was also referred to by others as Kanner's syndrome um, to kind of refer to the type of disorder he had established because at the same time or about that, I think Kanner's paper was 1943 um, to about 1944, there was another classic paper um, that was published by Hans Asperger. And here he was describing children who were very much like those um, that Kanner described, only their uh, communication skills were much better. And the type of as, uh, autism that he was referring to became known as Asperger's syndrome. Now, we don't actually see that term is still used, but it's actually been taken out of the DSM. Um, so you won't see that now. We, we now put it all under autism spectrum. Um, and then Kanner's syndrome are, was really reserved for children who had a little bit more um, serious type of problem with autism. Um, so as I mentioned, autism actually means to escape from reality. Um, the thought was that these children were just pulling away from the real world to kind of live in a world of their own making. Um, it is considered a spectrum of disorders. There are quite a number of differences among um, children who might be referred to as autism. Um, they're not all going to have exactly the same characteristics. Um, it's considered a pervasive developmental disorder because it impacts all areas of development with these younger children. Um, generally, autism is diagnosed by age three. Um, so we're talking about fairly young children um, who are dealing with this. And then, of course, this is a chronic lifelong um, disorder that you would be dealing with for the rest of lifetime. Um, to make the diagnosis, we do use the DSM-5, um, just kind of came out last year, and this stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 5th edition, and it is put out by the American Psychiatric Association. Um, so when we look at the DSM-5 as to how it defines autism, um, you can see that the spectrum disorder has two major domains. They used to say three. Um, but they've now combined social and communication together into one domain. And so the, the deal is that you're struggling to communicate in a social way. Um, so there may be communication just kind of talking to yourself. Um, but in terms of communicating to others and understanding what others are saying to you, um, there's some real problems there. A lot of literal interpretations of things, those figurative languages that we mentioned before, like I've got my eye on you, they don't understand that. Um, the second big domain is in the behavior range. And we see a lot of um, rep repetitive behaviors uh, might be that they spin. Um, there are some real restrictive behaviors, like if we play with a toy, we may just play by spinning the wheels on it. And instead of actually driving the car, we focus in on one little restrictive thing. Um, we have very restrictive interests where we may only care about dinosaurs, and that's the only thing we care about. This has to occur during those really early formative years before the age of three. And it also note has to have... Um, some adverse effects and cause some challenges in your day-to-day -day functioning in order for this 
to be considered autism. All right, IDEA has a few different concepts when it comes to looking at autism. And remember, we use the DSM normally. IDEA just says this is a developmental disability that must affect children prior to the age of three, and it's still holding to three areas. We haven't really revised IDEA since 2004. The DSM just revised last year, um, which would be 2014. Um, so, we're seeing idea kind of held to a little bit older criteria. So we've got a problem with communication and it usually is both verbal and nonverbal. Um, most of the time it's just a true communication problem. It might just be verbal, but these children also don't get, I mean, they don't even seem to want to communicate. So they don't wave, um, they don't point, they don't do all those things that a, a child who might have a verbal communication problem may pick up nonverbal skills. These children don't. It's just like, almost like they just really are in their own world and they don't need to talk to you. So they don't make any effort to do it. Um, there's a lot of social interaction issues. Um, they don't seem to want to have interaction at all. We have to kind of pull them out to help them to socialize a little bit. Um, and so they're inappropriate in a lot of ways when they do communicate. Um, academically, they're going to struggle, but you remember that's part of every definition that you have adverse effects academically. Um, and so here's the actual criteria. Um, it's a developmental delay note that has significant effects on the verbal and nonverbal communication and also social interaction, um, evidenced by about age three, and it adversely affects the child's educational performance. Right. Other characteristics associated with it are those repetitive activities and the stereotyped movements, um, resistance to change, um, unusual responses to sensory information, and you have to rule out a lot of other things. All right, so um, the DSM-5 version, you know, talked about the communication and social things as one and the repetitive and stereotypical kind of things as two. I didn't really talk about resistance to change, but that is something you oftentimes see with these children is they get very, very upset um, when their routine is um, changed and they, they don't take that well. They might actually scream or start to rock um, as a way to comfort themselves because of something as simple as they're not getting to eat out of the plate that they normally eat out of. Um, we do think now, we didn't used to understand the sensory stuff, but we now think that they're hypersensitive to lights and to sounds and to touch and that um, it actually is painful um, to these children and they respond in a way, a lot of times it's yelling or screaming or covering their ears and uh, running from the sound or the light and, and we, if, you know, if you think of it as painful, that would actually make a lot of sense as to why they would do that. Our prevalence rate numbers, um, we think, are about 7.1% of our 3 to 21-year-old children. Um, not a lot of these numbers have been your 6-year-olds or not, but um, autism wasn't put in as a, a category of its own until 1990 um, in the IDEA revision. Um, and then we we really realized that, you know, early intervention was so important with these children. So usually now it's the 3-year-olds and up. Um, it's considered about one in every 88 children. Um, that depends on what records you look at, though. Some, some of the different agencies would say a little bit different numbers for that. And there has been a very large increase over the last several years. 
um, which may mean there are more children who actually have autism and may mean we just are more aware of it and are doing a better job of diagnosing them. There's a lot of different theories, as I mentioned, for that. One is, again, that public awareness. Um, there's just been so much information out there about autism over the last several years. Um, I mean, I was riding a, the L in Chicago um, a couple years ago, and they had a big um, poster up in the L um, talking about autism spectrum disorder so that you would be aware of, of what the... Um, symptoms was and to look for children. We've definitely gotten better with the diagnostic procedures than we did back in the 80s when this was really rough. Um, we didn't really know much about autism then and we've just really learned a lot. 